It is a great privilege and honor to be here this evening uh, with the American Academy of Achievement. A remarkable cast of characters as I looked at the brochure, looking at these people uh, who are here and seeing myself included with this august group, thought of myself like a jackass at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm here and uh, speaking for eight minutes on a subject well known to me, me. Uh, my father was born here in 1897. There were not a lot of people here at that time. Someone asked him when he was about 90, he lived to be 95, have you lived here all your life? And he said, not yet. <laughs> and uh, I have uh, lived in Cody, Wyoming, all my life. A very small town, two very loving parents and a dear brother. A wondrous childhood filled with curiosity and imagination. I was, however, a little bit too spirited. If a spirited colt makes the best horse, I would have been secretariat or Seabiscuit. Uh, in high school, I was always on the edge. Finally, uh, uh, I was on federal probation for shooting mailboxes, <laughs> which uh, was not a pleasant experience, uh, either for the boxes or for me. <laughs> And I had a probation officer who lived right here in Jackson, and he would come to visit with me periodically, and it was not a good time for my dear parents, who loved me dearly. So they sent me off to Cranbrook School, north of Detroit, for a year, kind of a charm school kind of a thing. And because uh, the university age there was 22 because of the end of the war and GI Bill. So to Laramie, I went after Cranbrook at the University of Wyoming and went through another remarkable stage of life. I don't recommend these stages, but you know, if I'm talking about my life, I can't leave them out. In politics, they find them out anyway, so you want to get them out early. <laughs> so in Laramie, I bulked up, bulked up a little, weighed 260, had hair, and thought beer was food. Uh, had uh, a lot of what I thought was fun, but actually it was excess. I played college football and basketball, listed in the statistical columns as others, others Simpson. Uh, but football I was good at, I, I really was, and I did weigh 260. Other incidents were reported, some of them are incorrect. Uh, Anyway, I messed along and messed around for an awful long time. Then came the fair Anne Scholl from Grable, Wyoming, and she's back there somewhere against that wall. There she is, classy lady. And it was there, as you see, that I severely overmarried. Uh, she was a rare and is a rare and wonderful influence in my life. She is my rock and my anchor. And it was at the University of Wyoming where I learned that I couldn't fake it anymore. I was known as Alibi Al. 
because I could always talk my way out of anything. But the old blather and the BS didn't work there, and it was a wake-up call for me. But I got out. I did not graduate cum laude. I graduated thank the laude. <laughs> and then law school, and I settled down because of... Uh, that remarkable woman, practiced law for 18 years, and Cody Wyoming did it all. Affray, murder, you name it, I did it. Not did it, but... <laughs> Although I never, no, I never thought of it. <clears throat> well, three wonderful kids, uh, two boys practice law in Cody, Wyoming. Uh, their names are Bill Simpson and Colin Simpson, and a daughter, Sue, who's a commercial art dealer, and Thought of that old joke, the guy said he was so carried away with his work, he na named his children Will and Sue, and I did that. <laughs> you make all the lawyer jokes you want. <laughs> I ran for the legislature at 33, served 13 years. An administrator, I didn't want to be. You can, if you're going to think of politics, think of what you might do. Are you a legislator or are you an administrator? I couldn't administer my way out of a paper bag. So I made my choice, and I did that. Legislating is a very dry work, if done correctly. Not dramatic. It doesn't command the headlines. It's called trying to make laws that people understand. And that's not a bad goal. My father was governor and U.S. senator. I watched them very carefully to see if it changed them. It did not. They were the same loving people when they started as when they finished. And then I did the U.S. Senate uh, for 18 years, 10 years as Bob Dole's deputy. I was his assistant leader for 10 years. Legislated, legislated issues, it seemed that I always picked ones that were filled with emotion, fear, guilt, or racism. Immigration, the Clean Air Act, Superfund, judicial nominations, the works. And I loved it. And I left because I just didn't want to do it anymore. I left without regret or remorse, and, and I loved it. People say, well, what, what was the most important thing you did? And I guess it came to me again last night. I was in a restaurant in Los Angeles doing the show Politically Incorrect. I've got to quit doing that. <laughs> uh, but it's a good, funny show. But, uh, and the, the waiter was just kind of obsequious, kind of fawning, creeping around. I said, what? You know, finally said, I, I hate to, to say this to you, but because of you, I'm a legal resident of the United States. Because the bill that I crafted legalized 2.9 million people who were living in the dark, living a life of illegality in the United States. So about once a week, I run into one of those people, and that is a great thrill. And so that's a pretty quick review. Uh, uh, when that man last night said, you brought me my freedom, I was quite uh, touched. It wasn't the first time. A beautiful thing. I worked hard. I played hard. Did it for 18 years. Loved it. Did my homework. Did the hearings. Did the research. Managed the bills on the floor. Somebody said, well, why did you work so hard? And don't miss this one. Don't miss this one. I worked hard because I didn't want to make an ass out of myself. Period. And that's an awful good reason to work hard. There really are no others. 
And that I can leave you with, I hope. And uh, so nothing more mysterious than that. Politics is a contact sport. I'm now the director of the Institute of Politics at Harvard. Their old professors would be spinning in their graves at that prospect. <laughs> Teaching a graduate class of 92 members, great challenge. And Ann and I live on the campus with the undergraduate students in Elliott House. We don't even have a kitchen, but we're sure living it up. It's like being on the GI Bill. <laughs> and now all these new things for us, director of various corporations, out on the road speaking, uh, of course, with Colin Powell, he commands a slightly higher honorarium than I do. <laughs> uh, and uh, what a wonderful friend he is through thick and thin. And he and Alma, you're going to love like we all do. And so uh, the job, trying to inspire young people to public life. And boy, if that isn't a challenge in these times. But that's what we're up to. So there's more to come for us. We're here. We like to be accessible, both of us. You people have to learn to take part or get taken apart. Get in the game. And then uh, maybe you can help me beat up on the AARP. Uh, <laughs> the American Association of Retired Persons, a group of 33 million Americans bound together by a common love of airline discounts. <laughs> And, and you better get off your fanny and get in the game. Get in the game. And remember another thing, humor. Humor is the universal solvent against the abrasive elements of life. Don't ever forget humor and don't ever forget how to forgive yourself. You'll need to do that again and again and again. And then have a belief in some higher authority because you'll never make it if you don't. You'll never make it. Don't care what that is to you. You got to know where to turn when you don't know where to turn. And there's only one place to do that. So somebody said, well, what would you like an epitaph to be? This will be way down the road. And I said, well, I, I tell you what would be a good one. You would have wanted him on your side. And uh, so it would be great to be here with you. We are really excited and looking forward to it, and God bless you all. Thank you.